0: Applying delayed gratification to our lives, we not only get eternity with God, but oftentimes we get what we were seeking here on earth in submission to God. And after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. That's Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 and 2. Possibly be my favorite verses in the whole Bible. So excited about this chapter. Welcome to the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. My name is Daniel Miller, I am your servant host. Today, we are going to focus on the entirety of chapter 17 within the book of Matthew. Let's dive right in. We're again going to read verses 1 and 2 for application. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James, and his John his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And after six days is the part that I'd like to focus on here go back because that's how it f- first starts, right? And after six days. So go back into chapter 16 and recall that one in verses 13 through 23, Jesus tells Peter he'll be the foundation of the church. Two, Jesus tells Peter that he is a hindrance to him. And three, he reemphasizes for the, I don't know how many at the time, that he will lose his earthly life And whoever also loses his earthly life for Jesus' sake will find his eternal life. So within 10 verses, technically 11 verses there, if I could do my math correctly, 11 verses, quite a period of time that we're speaking to. And so I, I think, and after six days, what a six days it had been sort of marinating on that. And then on the seventh day, which is so symbolic, right? the number seven. On the seventh day, thereafter, this transfiguration takes place. And so Peter, having gone through what he went through in Matthew 16, those three things, two things specifically and, and the third, was something that he was present for that he'd heard numerous times. And then to be one of the three disciples present for the transfiguration, absolutely incredible. In Matthew 17, verse 3, And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So we have Moses, we have Elijah, and we have Jesus. And I just mentioned this in men's group last week, but I've questioned oftentimes, why were Moses and Elijah there? And the best I've heard it represented is that Moses represents the law, Elijah represents prophecy, and Jesus represents the fulfillment of all of it. In Matthew 17, verse 5, it reads, he was still speaking when, and this is Peter still speaking, he was still speaking when behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, pleased, listen to him. So the part that I'd like to focus on there is this is my beloved son. Actually, I really won't focus on it very very much at all because for me, it's enough said. (laughs) I'll listen. This event took place. God speaking from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. Enough said, I'm committed, I'm there. In Matthew 17, verses 12 and 13, it reads, But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. I'd like to focus on there is suffer at their hands and I could certainly give my input on this section but it's always best to use scripture to explain scripture and what this reminds me of is Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31 part of which we've referenced previously. Bear with me as a moment as I read this 13 verses or so. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in English. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, To send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. This reminds me so much. So we're we're talking about suffering at the hands, the hands of people, right? This reminds me so much of this twisted generation that we live within, which we're going to speak to here momentarily. And you choosing where you're going to live your best life. Are you going to live your best life here on earth or are you going to live your best life eternally by Jesus' side in heaven? And for me, there's no question what's the better choice. It's the concept of delayed gratification. And I have found my experience that oftentimes when I accept delayed gratification, God is far too good to me. And I actually receive good things here on earth. So if you were to tell me your life is going to be like Lazarus and your life is going to be uh, awful for your time here on earth, but in exchange, in your faith for Jesus, in exchange, you will have eternity in heaven. Sign me up. Sign me up. And maybe that's easy for me to say, living in my own home, having the things that I have but I would sign up for it all day long. With that being said, delayed gratification in my life has often represented, been represented by faith, deeper faith in God, and in turn, oftentimes receiving my reward, if you will, here on earth. Now, if I ever felt like that reward was anything other than a gift from God and the grace of God, I would not look forward to any such thing because I'm looking for my reward in heaven. In this sense, I feel that we can have both because of where our heart is. It's a heart issue, like many things that we struggle with here on earth. Applying delayed gratification to our lives we not only get eternity with God but oftentimes we get what we were seeking here on earth in submission to God. For instance, have you ever noticed in your life the moment you give something up for the right reasons? The right reason being submission to God. As time goes by, you end up getting that very same thing back in a new way. And I'll reference something that's very timely in my life right now. Uh, Yesterday, or a couple days ago, the Eagles played the 49ers. I have no idea what happened. I haven't watched the game. I will. I have it on recording, and I enjoy watching it that way. Because I can skip all the commercials, and you and I both know what exists on those commercials. It's certainly nothing for children's eyes, let alone for even adults' eyes. I would argue it's for no human's eyes. Those are the ways the world being advertised to us, seeking the almighty dollar in their opinion. That thought, three years ago, unfathomable. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl... In the 2017 year I don't think I could have possibly imagined taking my eyes off of all things Eagles all the time I was totally enamored I was washed up in it because I had been have been a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles since I was like five years old or well over 30 years and I didn't want to look away I wanted to enjoy the entire experience Now I realize that football is and was an idol in my life. My daughters really aren't that interested in football. Yet, I'm with them on Sunday. Would it be a better idea for me to make that day special for them and then watch the game while they're at school? they're not really into it anyways. Now, thankfully, God has blessed us with another child And we have found out that that child is going to be a boy and I hope that he loves watching football on the couch with his dad. But if he doesn't, I've got a certain process in mind right now that works and works well. So I have submitted to God and submitted it to the hierarchy of what he's put in my life and what I'm responsible for with my children and I've put them first. This is a a recent thing, this is this year. Put them first over, think about it, a sport, football. The Philadelphia Eagles. You think anybody within the Philadelphia Eagles organization knows who I am? No, they don't. And yet so many of us are putting our fandomhood with them with that team we're putting that fandom hood above people that are here in our living room that are present with us now it's funny i probably appear a little distracted there for a minute Uh, my daughter requested this is a side story my daughter requested a few weeks ago that i update my phone because apparently there's some really cool things that occur And I'm noticing now that as I speak with a thumb up, I guess I'm giving the camera a thumbs up, and it's creating some visual behind me. So if that comes through on recording, well, that'll be fun. Um, But like I mentioned many times, we don't edit the recording. I don't want to give you the best version. You know, I used to make sure I was in a button-up shirt every single time. That was becoming a hindrance towards me recording. This is what I'm more comfortable in. So I'm gonna record in this way to make sure the content gets out. And I speak a lot of times with hand gestures like this with a thumbs up, so I guess we're gonna be getting bubbles on the screen quite often. I'll be interested in editing as I trim the ends, whether that shows up or not. It does, that was unintended, but it'll remain there. So I'm really reminded of Luke 16, and to go back to the football analogy, maybe one day I will be on the couch with my son watching live football again, but it will have been after I have put things in motion. I have put things in place in the proper fashion by submitting to the Lord and doing things that he has commanded me to do as head of this household. Does that make sense? I hope you can relate in that way. And I hope you can think back to an instance in your life where you have given up an idol, done things properly And it has come back to you, but in a new way. Let us all reject our experience here on earth. Let us all embrace our experience with Jesus, both here on earth and in eternity. In Matthew 17, 17, reads, And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me and then Jesus heals. I'd like to focus on two words, twisted generation. I'm not going to turn this show into a political one and go off on a tangent, but I think a number of us can relate to those two words, twisted generation, and how difficult it is to be tested in this world as often as we are. Let us not fail those tests. Matthew 17, 19 through 20 Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. My mind immediately goes to optimist pessimist. Um... I am by nature a pessimist, but that's not the way God made me. God made me as an optimist. My experiences, my rough history here on earth has nurtured me, that nature versus nurture, that nurtured me to be a pessimist. And I am reversing my mindset and you can too. But I can still think in both ways, right? So a pessimist might say, if the disciples didn't have enough faith, how could we? Well, the answer... Read your Bible a little further. Examine Peter's story as it continues, specifically in Acts, and you'll have your answer on why the pessimistic view is not the correct view. The optimist view in submission, the power of God is incredible. Absolutely incredible. We're talking about faith to move a literal mountain. And the things that we may get to see in heaven, I can't wait. My first request from you today, Matthew 17, 21, look up that verse. Matthew 17, 22 through 23 reads, and they were gathered in Galilee. Jesus said to them, excuse me, as they were gathering in Galilee, Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed, they being the disciples. We'll focus on he will be raised on the third day. So let's go over this. What happened on Good Friday? Jesus was crucified, day one. What happened on the Sabbath, which Saturday, the next day? Jesus rested. Okay? Which is profound, if you think about it. What happened on day three, Easter, Jesus was resurrected. So prior to this happening, Jesus is prophesizing the three days and exactly what is going to happen. I titled this episode Prophecy because we look back to Elijah that represented prophecy and we look to the prophecy that Jesus is delivering here as well. As a reminder, we are self-sponsored, biblicalanatomyacademy.com. You can also go to biblicalanatomy.com. It's probably what I should announce. It's easier to type in and find. But our our main hosting site, if you will, is biblicalanatomyacademy.com. We would love for you to check out what we have there. We're building courses. We're building lessons for students to help them with their anatomy and physiology struggles. My hope is that those students turn to the Bible themselves and that they come back and they're able to not only open their Bible, read their Bible, but hopefully our podcast will be a guidance for them. Uh, Hopefully our, our podcast here will be a guidance for all who listen to open their Bible. I do not want you to be reliant on what I deliver on a weekly basis. Even though I'm reading scripture out of the English Standard Version, I want you to open your Bible. In fact, I'd rather you do that than listen to this podcast. So if this podcast serves as motivation for you to open your Bible, fantastic. If it doesn't, don't listen to the podcast. Open your Bible. Do that instead, okay? These episodes average about 20, 25 minutes or so. Think of how much you could read in 20, 25 minutes, okay? So if you are also doing another 20, 25 minutes on top of this, fantastic. I'm honored that you took 20, 25 minutes out of your day to listen to us. If not, don't listen to us. Open your Bible for 20, 25 minutes. Email us if you have any prayer requests. Email us if you have any questions or input that you'd like to add, Our emails are always in the show notes. Our take-home message for today would be that prophecy in depth within the Bible. Examine it. I already pointed out Matthew 17, 21. Take a peek at that. But also start creating connections. And if you don't already have a Bible that is a study Bible, which gives you references, I would strongly suggest you purchase one. Uh, That way you can see, usually in the... uh, the the sidebar or the column, if you will, what connections there are with Old Testament and New Testament. And those sections can get pretty extensive because there's a tremendous amount of connection between books of the Bible. And it's really interesting for me uh, to to examine that and to look forward to all the different instances where the Bible uh, not only doesn't contradict itself, but comes together and unifies. There's no other piece of writing ever written that links in the way that the Bible links. As we always do, let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.